guys for inviting me and allowing me to share with you guys tonight. And uh, you guys did a great job, teamwork, getting it done. So amen. Amen. Thank you. So I'm going to share my screen here. Um, Michael, um, Daisy, is it any particular time in case I need to cut some stuff for tonight? Shoot for it. We usually aim to end around 8.30, but okay. if you, 8.40 can be good. Okay. Yeah, it should be able to do 8.30. Okay, cool. All right. And hopefully um, towards the end, whoever wants to hang on or um, some Q&A we could do if anyone has questions. Um, I can try my best to answer them. That'd be great. All right. So it's great to be with you guys, um, Brooklyn. Um, it's uh, an honor for me to be able to uh, share with you guys tonight. Um, I'm going to give a little, I guess, a little introduction about me. Um, my name is Chuck Royal. Um, I became a Christian in 1986 at FAMU Rattlers, the Family Rattlers in Tallahassee, Florida, HBCU College. And uh, then I came back home to New Jersey in 1988 uh, and became a member of the New York City Church of Christ. Uh, been married for 32 years to my lovely wife, Denise. Um, I have two beautiful daughters, one, Amanda, prior to I became a Christian, um, who's married now. She has two kids. So I'm a grandfather, but they don't call me grandpa. <laughs> so, um, so one of my grandsons is a senior in high school. His name is Kendrell. And then my granddaughter is in sixth grade. Her name is Aquila. And then my beautiful, awesome daughter, you guys know Kennedy, because she's a part of your ministry. And uh, she is our light and joy and brings humor to our family. And uh, so it's great. We have a great family and uh, just really enjoy uh, time together. Um, I'm the newest elder in the church. I became an elder last April. So it's been like a year and a half. And uh, so I always, when I'm in meetings and different things, I would refer to myself as the rookie um, because I'm still learning. So I need you guys' prayers continue to pray for me as I learn and uh, journey um, in the area of uh, eldership. And um, so Denise and I have been, uh, like I said, we've been married 32 years, but we've been doing marriage workshops for the last 20 years in New Jersey. Um, I became a training facilitator, mentor um, with a number of different marriage organizations, and we did workshops every year. Um, and then I became a certified life coach through uh, John Maxwell and focusing on marriages and relationships. Um, after the George Floyd incident happened, um, I became very angry and felt compelled to to want to do something. It just it just really bothered me. Like I felt like I needed to contribute and make a difference to what happened and what's going on. So, um, and in our community in particular. Um, so I was able to sign up for um, a, a class for trauma and racial trauma. And um, God worked it out where I was able to sign up and I got a scholarship with it. But it was through the uh, Allender Center, the Seattle 
School of Theology and uh, Psychology. And uh, it was with Dan Allender. And uh, so it was a great opportunity. I learned a bunch. And from that, um, I became certified in trauma and racial trauma, um, NFTC, which is is narrative-focused trauma care, so through storytelling. So this is something that I do and I offer now as a life coach, um, and I'm continuing to learn. It's just like a disciple. You're always learning. There's never a moment where you arrive. So I'm always learning new things and, and changing and, and really trying to grow in that. Um, but one of the things that's awesome is that in pursuing this, God opened up a door and allowed me to connect with a lot of different community uh, organizations in Patterson. Um, and this year, this past February and March, I was able to connect with the hospital here in Patterson, St. Joseph's Medical Center. And I was able to, uh, along with a brother that's a, a crisis trauma um, counselor on the hotline, him and I was able to partner and do a class with um, the St. Joseph um, Health uh, Coalition. And we did it on crisis and trauma. And it was two sessions and great opportunity because we were training and, and teaching different community leaders, uh, church leaders as in the community. So this was a great um, dream of mine that that was fulfilled. So I'm trying to build on that now even more, but it was a great, great opportunity. Um, after doing this, we saw, Carlito and I saw the need for sure in the Garden State Church here in Jersey for this to be passed on, this trauma and uh, crisis uh, workshop that we did. So we tweaked it a little bit and we did it for New Jersey, Garden State Church, and it was well received and a lot of conversations started and, and just how the spirit and God so have had it that from at the World Mission Conference in Florida, there was talk about mental health ministry, the AACC. So that I was all over and I got connected with them. So after we did our two week session of crisis and trauma, we started a mental health ministry here in Jersey. And right now is ongoing. Um, our goal is to be done in uh, November and to launch it. But we'll we'll see what God does. But it's we're learning a ton, and it's it's going really well. We have uh, about twenty six participants that's training to become mental health uh, mentor coaches, um, and I can I'll share a little bit more about that later. Um, so Richard heard about it. I think he joined on one of the classes, and he was really inspired. So it's something that I um, have an honor to be able to share with you guys, and I know hopefully even more will share. Um, the Harlem region, uh, Scott, Patrick, and uh, Raul reached out to me too about this. So we did the crisis and trauma two-week session in Harlem um, last month, and we're presently helping them to be able to start a mental health ministry there as well. So this, this is really exciting just to see what God is doing um, and what he will continue to do. So I just wanted to share that just to give a little kind of background and a story um, about myself and kind of what I do. So I'm not a professional, but I do have some experience. And I guess the thing I know for sure is that if it's somebody I'm helping, 
and I can't help them to a certain point, I'm referring them to a professional. I'm not going to try to push past uh, what it is that I can help them with. But um, is I'm definitely, you know, just a lot of things I've learned. Um, and uh, I had to learn things about myself in the process of training. So and I'll share some of that, you know, during the class tonight. So I'm going to share my screen here and we'll get rolling. Ready. Okay. My computer is acting a little slow here. Satan is working hard tonight, man. There we go. Okay. Got it. All right. So negative emotions and trauma is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Negative, negative emotions and trauma, right? So it's more than what than what we see. It's more than what we see. So negative emotions and trauma. In Romans 3.23, I'm going to start here. And Daisy, I'm sorry, I switched up the, the, the verse, the chapter on this. I had initially Romans 6, but we're going to look at Romans 3. And uh, this is a familiar passage we all have read many times. Um, but it says in verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all sin. We all fall short of God's glory, right? So what does that mean? That means that we are all broken. We're all broken. We're all a mess, right? You could say sometimes, not all times, but there's always things that we're working on. There's always things that we have to change and, and, and adjust to. Um, my wife's father-in-law, uh, JB, he used to always say this. And uh, so one of the things he used to say a lot was on this side of the dirt, we're not going to be perfect. Is always going to be something that we have to learn, always something we have to change, always something we have to do different. But on the other side of the dirt, it's not going to be. We'll be done. We're done. So we're always having to learn. We're always having to change. We're always having to learn. We're broken. Right? So um, what I want to ask you guys, just put in the chat. What does negative emotions mean to you? What is negative emotions? Uh -oh, sorry, went ahead here. Let me just get back to where I need to go. What would you guys say negative emotions are? Goodness. All right. I'm sorry about that. So negative emotions. Let's see if I can get up to the chat here. Tell you Satan is working here. Can somebody read what's in the chat for me? If for some reason I cannot open. Uh, pain, anguish, suffering, self-doubt, guilt. Grief, disappointment, 
Thank you. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Thank good you. Or if you want me to keep going, by the way. Okay. No, that's good. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. No problem. So the, oh my goodness. <laughs> this is crazy. One minute, guys. <laughs> Satan is working big time here. Oh, One minute. Oh boy. Here we go. Okay, here we go. I'm sorry. Is let me get back to where we got. So we just talked about um emotions. Okay, so we're gonna go here. All right, so thank you guys for sharing what you shared about um, negative emotions, right? So all those different things are, are definitely true. And right here is a definition um, for what negative emotions is. It says negative emotions can be described as any feelings which causes you to be uh, miserable and sad. These emotions make you dislike yourself and others and reduce your confidence and self-esteem in, in general life situations. Emotions can become negative um, or hate, anger, uh, jealousy, and sadness. And then there's a number of the ones that you can see right here on the side that's contributing to negative emotions. All right? Thank you, guys. So if I can get somebody to read this, I'm not going to open the chat again because I don't want to mess this up. But I want to ask another question. What is trauma? And if you can put in the chat, and then if somebody can just read out the, what's in the chat for me, that would be awesome. A feeling that causes you to feel sad. Okay. Sad. Anything else? See one that says anguish and mad. Anguish and mad. Recurring negative emotions. Good. Negative emotions, yep. An event that causes deep pain, stress, mm. anxiety, triggers that come from traumatic event, mm. feeling stuck, trauma is an act that causes negative psychological changes, loss of loved one, mm. and experience that keeps replaying in your mind subconsciously and you react to it as if it just happened. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you guys for sharing it. Thank you for reading that, bro. Appreciate that. So here's a definition from the APA, American Psychological Association of Trauma. It says trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident, rape, or a natural disaster. Immediately after event, shock and denial are typical. Long-term reactions include unpredicted emotions, flashbacks, screened relationships, and even physical symptoms like headaches or nausea. So you guys had it right. I mean, you pretty much nailed what this is. So amen. So we, we identify emotional, negative emotions. We identify trauma. But one of the things that um, can be challenging is being able to see the trauma, 
right? Do we see the trauma? Not We can see the trauma in other people's lives pretty clear. But a lot of times, it's challenging to see the trauma in our own lives, you know? Um, so just like this iceberg, do you see the surface? So what do we see? We see an iceberg that looks like a piece of ice on the surface there, right? But the truth, the truth is that, that there's so much more beneath the surface, so much more. And that's the same with us. Like, kind of be surfacey, but it could be so much more beneath the surface. And we have to ask ourselves and we have to decide if we're going to go deep. You know, how do we go deep? All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So in Mark 8, I want to read this, Mark 8, 22, 25. This is a familiar story. It's about the healing of the blind man at, at Basada. So verse 22 of Mark 8, it says, they came to Basada and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open. His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. So I'm gonna stop there for a minute. So here in this passage, we see that that Jesus that Jesus was wanting to help this man to receive his sight, right? So he was blind and 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 he wanted to see. He wanted to see, and that's the challenge and the thing sometimes with us with trauma. We may not want to see it, you know, and we have to want to see it. We have to be willing to see it, just like this man wanted to see. So the first time when Jesus put his hands on him, he couldn't see 100%. He didn't have 20-20. It was a little cloudy. He said he saw things that looked like trees, right? But this man was determined to want to see. He was determined to want to be healed. So what did he say? Because he said that Jesus saw his heart and touched them again, right? In the second touch, he had clarity. And I think for us, that can happen with trauma, negative emotions. Like we may see something, but we may not have complete clarity on the situation. So in order for us to be able to have clarity on a situation, we have to imitate this man's heart. We have to imitate his, his determination to really want to see clearly like what it was that was before him. And we have to be humble like this man, and we have to ask God to help us, to help us to see what it is that we can't see clearly. And we have to ask God to, to help us to have a change, a change of heart if needed, 
a change of heart, a change of perspective, so that we can see what it is that he's trying to get us to see. All right? So we're talking about the surface. We see the ice on the top. But like I said, there's so much more beneath the surface. And this is the iceberg. And underneath, how do we deal with these hidden negative emotions? How do we deal with these hidden traumas that's buried in us? How do we deal with them? Well, there's a number of ways of how we can deal with them. So the first one I think about, and this is one of my favorite books that I learned when going through the trauma training, is The Body Keeps the Score. And this book it is so incredible. It really, you know, just really speaks to a lot of things that we may not even be in touch with. But the same way we take care of our bodies physically, we need to do the same thing emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. So, and that last question, how do we do this? We have to listen. We have to listen to our body. We have to listen to the spirit, right? So this book really helped me to, to, to be in touch with, okay, I need to listen to my body, right? What I mean, listen to your body. If your body is not functioning right, if you're having headaches, or if you're not being able to sleep well, or if you're having, you know, digestion issues, something's going on. We can't ignore that. We have to listen to our body in the same way, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. If there's something going on, we have to pay attention. We have to be in tune with that. We have to be connected with that. And we have to invite the spirit, God's help, into our lives so that we can be able to see clearly, just like the man, the blind man wanted to see, we have to invite God in the spirit so that we can be able to see what it is our body is saying. You know, when we, when we pray, the spirit helps us. It intercedes for us, right? When we don't know the words, it says, the Bible says it intercedes for us. Well, the spirit talks to us in our minds it talks to us in our body, and it talks to us in our soul. The question is, are we listening to it? You know, it's an old Chinese proverb that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I think this is so profound and it's so in line with God and with Jesus, because he doesn't want to force us to do anything. He doesn't want to force us to, to, to decisions, to changes, to facing things. He wants us to be ready. And we're, when we're ready, he's going to appear. He's going to appear. He's going to help us. He's going to step in, and he's going to help us along the way. But we have to want it. So the same way... The same way, like I said, the same way we take care of our bodies, we have to have that same emotional, spiritual, and mental mindset um, to take care of ourselves. 
you know. Um, so this next slide, again, the body keeps the score. We have to address the needs, right? So addressing the needs. So a lot of times, you know, people and are we, I know myself sometimes, I can want to just numb out the pain because I don't want to feel it. I don't want to face it. I don't want to go through it. It's just, I'm trying to like push it aside, but that is not healthy. It's not good. You know, just trying to escape. Sometimes people can replace things to try to numb out like alcohol, drugs, sex, shopping, TV, relationships, busyness, to try to just distract ourselves from not facing and addressing the need at hand. And, you know, it, it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna come out. It's just a matter of how. It's just a matter of how is it gonna come out. You know, a matter of when it's gonna come out. It's gonna come, you know? And if we don't, if we keep stuffing it, it's like we're, we're, we're it's like dynamite that's being compressed. And eventually something is gonna tip it and it's just gonna blow. So, so, so important that we address our needs. And, um, and we need to, you know, we need to help each other out with this, you know? Um, you know, the emotional pain here is talking about, um, but we got to do this, you know, with ourself, not feeling any shame, not feeling judged, but we also need to help others when we go to them. And if they're going through some things and trying to acknowledge them and, and work through some things, we need to not make them feel shame. We need to not make them feel judged. We need to make them feel loved because that's what Jesus would do. We need to help them to feel loved, support it, and, um, and just helping them along here. So in the, in the diagram on the side there, it talks about the emotional pains of suffering, awareness, um, confrontation, expression, acceptance, right? So learning to acknowledge all emotions without being judgmental can make can make emotional healing a holistic process. And a holistic process is what it is that God wants. A holistic process involves our emotion, it involves the spiritual, it involves the mental, all that together. God wants us to have a life, a life to the full. But if we take out different components and not as we try to address the different things that, that we're facing, is not going to be helpful. It may work for a little while, but you know it, it's just not. It's not going to have a long, um, um, good um, productivity from it. It's like, and you guys, an example like myself. I'm a um, type two diabetic, and uh, found out about it a while ago. My doctor really didn't help me, and I, I almost had a, a diabetic coma. Um, I switched doctors. My doctor um, preferred me to an endocrinologist, was a specialist with di uh, diabetes. They referred me to a nutritionist um, to help me with the eating, understanding my meds, understanding the foods, what they do, how they react. Um, so this was awesome. This was great. But 
the challenge was I needed to apply these things and then I needed to make sure that I was changing my lifestyle. I wasn't just doing these steps. I wasn't just doing this, these different things that I was told, but my lifestyle needed to change too. I had to change my lifestyle. And I think sometimes we can, we can minimize things that may not be seem like that big, but they are. Um, and sometimes we can do that to people too. We can say, oh, that's not a big deal. But to them, it may be. And what I mean is that trauma has a little T and trauma has a big T. So the little T may not affect you as much as somebody else. You know, like for me, if if um, I don't have a pet, but if someone's pet passed away, it wouldn't affect me as much as someone that is like their family pet. So for them, that's a big T. But for me, it's a little T. So something happened racially, a racial trauma issue. You know, I was... Uh, pulled over by the police and, and they told me to got the car and I was scared and I got traumatized from this because of everything that's going on in our world. That's a big T to me. But to somebody else, they may not even relate to that. And it's a little T to them. So we got to be careful that we don't judge each other based on what we think the trauma should be but we need to work together to try to understand each other's trauma so that we can be a support, so that we can be uh, a help and not become a hindrance. So again, the body keeps the score, but we have to engage with the signs, not ignore them. Just like I was talking about a little while ago, we have to make sure we're engaging, you know, and, Emotions, emotions is, you know, sometimes emotions can be good, right? But what are we doing with it? You know, sometimes it's good to have emotion. Jesus had emotions when he went in the temple and turned over the tables and, you know, and that was, you know, he didn't sin, but he, he had some emotion. So it's okay to have emotion sometimes. But what are we doing with that? The key is what are we doing with the emotions? You know, as many things that result from, many things can happen from, from not addressing our trauma and negative emotions. And, um, you know, and it's going to affect our body um, in a negative way. Um, and these are a number of things right here on the side listed. Anger, mood swings, insomnia, insecurity, poor self-esteem holding on to grudges, difficulty in forgiving others, lack of social communication, you know, and, and it can be so many other more, you know, so much more. Um, depression, high blood pressure, heart attack, panic attacks, um, you know, and, and, you know, all these different things can, can come from us not engaging in the signs and, and doing something with them. Um, you know, negative, unaddressed, emotional, also emotional 
uh, uh, needs also show um, and how we may sit and how we may breathe or how we may not even breathe or hold our breath. Um, you know, how we hold our shoulders, how we sleep, the digestive system and how we speak. Like if we speak from pain, do we speak from hurt? You know, people can see that. How we listen. Do we listen to what's being said? Or is it challenging for us to be able to hear because there's noise going on, messing with us, being able to focus? See, these are all important things that we have to engage and not ignore. You know, the body, again, keeps the score. The fight is to balance, you know, and, uh, and how do we get there? You know, Romans, Romans 3, I'll read this here. Romans 3. Okay, Romans 3. But first, before I read that, just want to um, just make sure, like, just how do we get there? How do we get there? So we have to make sure that we're putting putting in the work, right? And we have to fight to keep the balance, um, like this just, like it says right here, fighting to keep the balance. You know, not just going through the techniques, not just, you know, doing what we're supposed to do, but a heart change, a life change, you know, a lifestyle change. Um, you know, and and then, um, you know, Romans 3 now, I'm going to read that, verse 20. And this is to the church in Laodicea. So it's speaking to Christians, all right? It says, verse 20, it says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, the door, I will come in and eat with him, and he with me. So this is a message to the church, to Christians. So to us is a message to us saying that, hey, you know, Jesus wants to come into our hearts, but we have to invite him in. He's not going to just barge in. We have to invite him in. So the thing I want to encourage us with and challenge us with is inviting Jesus into those challenges, into that pain, into that hurt, into that trauma. Invite him in. He wants to come, but he's not going to barge in. We have to invite him. So let's just allow him to come on in and so that he can help us um, to bring us that peace, to bring us that shalom that he intends for each and every one of us to have. But again, we have to invite him in to our pain. You know, we have to then be willing to listen to what it is that he's telling us. And in 1 John, 1 John 3, read this real quick here. 1 John 3, First John 3, verse 8, it says, He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So the Son of God, Jesus came 
And his purpose for coming was to destroy the work of the devil. You know, and, you know, you know, just his purchase, you know, his, his, his uh, death, you know, his life, you know, was purchased for us to be forgiven, for us to have renewal, for us to have shalom, for us to have peace, you know, and the mind um, may be the devil's uh, preference battlefield, but you can make sure he loses every skirmish because Jesus is determined today, one day at a one day at a time, to be willing. We have to be, you know, just willing to allow um, Jesus to be that vessel for us to be that vessel for Jesus. I'm sorry, but we have to, you know, just be determined every day that we have a new beginning, that we have a fresh start because of what it is that Jesus has done for us. We have a new beginning. We have a fresh start. Each day is a new day. And, you know, and, that, and having that mindset, knowing that we are his vessels, that he wants to use us. But, you know, just we got to make sure we're allowing him to be able to use us by cleaning out the things that's, you know, that, that's hindering us and holding us back um, and, and, and just really allowing him to bring that true peace and shalom. So here, you know, just fighting again for that balance, right? The stages of emotional healing talks about here. We're going to see that we're sleeping well. We're going to see that we're no longer feeling lonely or depressed. We're going to have positive and calm thoughts. We're going to have the ability to free to feel emotions. We're going to embrace embracing past happenings. We're going to enjoy life. We're not going to talk about suffering as much. And we're going to focus on developing skills. You know, there's there's many coping me mechanisms that, um, that we have or that we can, you know, be able to use and practice um, to help us, you know, deal with our negative feelings and traumas. Um, or we can just kind of, you know, just not do anything and shut people out, you know, and, uh, you know, so the things that are going to help us, we got to look at it kind of like this. It's like peeling the onion, you know, we got to, it's layers. We got to deal with the layers, uh, at one at a time, one at a time until we get to the root, right? So some good coping mechanisms, mechanisms, include breathing exercises, right? Um, yoga, prayer, worship, meditation, journaling, narrative therapy, talk therapy, music therapy, dance therapy, martial arts, walking, running, and you fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. There's a lot of things that we can do to help us cope, right? So, and those are just a few. There's so many more things that we can do to uh, cope. So the, um, the next thing though is 
is that we need, we really need each other. We really need each other. That's a, that's a huge part of coping. We need each other. We need support systems. Um, we need God for sure. That's a giving, right? But we need each other. So in New Jersey, we have these different ministries, these supportive ministries. And um, so we have the chemical, uh, CR, chemical recovery ministry. We have purity group, uh, purity ministry. We have spiritual discovery. Um, we have the men's mental health group. We have the safe group for women, uh, women of noble character. That is uh, for uh, widows. Um, we have health, the health empowerment group, which is made up of different doctors, nurses, um, professional medical field. And uh, we have the squad team, we have the teaching ministry, and we have marriage workshops. So all these things are supporting ministries. And these are so, I believe, critical. Um, and, and there's more that can be added. So I just want to encourage us, you know, just to, to, to just help each other. You know, I'm not sure, you know, all the different ministries that you may have in Brooklyn, but if you don't, man, let's, let's get them started. Let's get them going. These things are so important and critical really to help and to support each other and uh, just being a light, you know, to the world. Um, you know, and, and definitely if we need professional help, don't be ashamed. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. Nothing. That's something to, to just be commended for because you see the need and you're going after it and you're getting what you need. And you know what? God is going to bless you and you're going to be that much more better because of that. So don't feel ashamed. Don't be shamed. Um, you do what's going to help make you your best for yourself and for God. That's, that's incredible self-care. Um, and uh, also, the uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, the uh, Jersey, we had uh, the crisis and trauma workshops, which helped a lot of people kind of to come in touch with some traumas and, and, and crisis um, things. And, you know, I talked to Richard um, a few months ago, and, and that's something that we're definitely wanting to bring um, to Brooklyn. So we'll figure out when we can do that. Um, and, and like I said, we are starting a mental health ministry here in New Jersey. Um, and if that's something that um, the Brooklyn ministry wants, we're more than willing to help get that started. Um, and um, so this is something that the Orlando Church right now, they presently have, and it's up and it's running. We're imitating what they do and how they set theirs up um, here the same way so that we could be successful as they are. Um, so in Orlando, if anyone uh, wants to connect with someone through a mental health ministry in, in Orlando, they're willing to take uh, different people um, from all over because it would be Zoom. So I'll provide that um, link uh, for you guys. I'll send it um, later. If I can't put it in the chat tonight, I'll make sure I send it to uh, Michael um, and Daisy and uh, Richard. So, um, so these are some references some books and references, I think that would be great and helpful for everyone. Um, one of them I talked about a lot, The Body Keeps the Score. Uh, great book, just really helping us to be in tune and in touch with our body. 
um, The Journey of the Soul, uh, The Grief Recovery Handbook. This has been a great book for a couple people that um, that I've connected with and, and did some coaching with that has shared how it's been an incredible uh, resource for them. Um, the Problem of Pain is another book. Um, John Eldridge, um, we all know him from, you know, Wild at Heart. He has a, a podcast, um, Wild at Heart podcast, um, and a book, All Things New. He has a number of books. And his wife, uh, Stacey, has a book, um, Captivating. Um, Dan Allender, and I hope you guys know, but John Eldridge was a, a student of Dan Allender's, so it was a privilege for me to be able to be to be uh, taught by Dan Allender. But he has a book called the the Heal Healing the Wounded Heart, the Healing Path, Leading with a Limp, and um, he has a podcast as well, um, and so many more books. If you just looked up his name, and then we have our own Kyle Spears who has Patreon who talks about trauma, different classes, different people that's on there he's talking with. Uh, John um, and Dan has Restoration of the Heart. This is on the Wild at Heart uh, website, um, just how to restore our heart. Um, emotional Healing is another book. Why We Heal is another book. The Importance of Healing, Emotional Wounds, How to Let Go of Things from the Past is another book. We have so many great books. And these are just a few that I, I can fit on the screen, um, but it's so many more that are so helpful for us um, growing and dealing with our trauma and our emotional uh, pain and emotional negative emotions. So I want to leave, leave, leave you guys with Shalom. Shalom is peace. God wants to give us all peace. You know, Psalms 23, you know, it talks about you know, how God is with us through the valley of the shadow of death, right? God is with us in the trouble. God is with us on the mountaintop. God is with us always. So I want to encourage us to, to fight, to make sure that we're allowing God to be in and that we are seeing and recognizing uh, what we need to address, that we're coping you know, we're, we're going after the coping skills to engage and not ignore. Um, we're inviting others in to our life and to our pain, to our traumas, inviting God, inviting mentors, inviting the special ministries, professional assistants, whatever it is that we need, that we're inviting those uh, um, different needs in so that we can have our needs met, so that we can have the life that God wants us to have, which is a life to the full. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate your attendant, your attention and uh, just um, the technical difficulties that I had here as well. But thank you for your attention and uh, appreciate it.